0: Welcome to episode 96 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Mark McGee to discuss the mobile rocket launcher sequence in UFO's The Cat with 10 Lives. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the core.
1: Hello, Mark. Hello, Eric. Nice to speak to you again.
0: You almost said see then, didn't you? Hmm? I did see. see Yes. 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 Luckily, this isn't a visual uh, recording. Oh, oh God. Why? I noticed that some people put podcasts onto YouTube um, and you can see them talking. I don't think that would be very good in uh, our case.
1: Well, I have to say I I am actually dressed, so that's a bonus.
0: But but are you dressed like me in a silver jumpsuit and a purple wig?
1: Ah no, I have I have a blue sort of rubber suit on with the zip un, <laughs> undone to my navel. All
0: right, right, and you're ready to go down the uh, the garden slide, are you? I,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, there, Mark. It's been a little while. Welcome back, and also welcome back to UFO. This is a yes. subject you and I have uh, talked about before. And I seem to recall nice. on that one, when we were talking about, you know, the, uh, the mobiles opening fire on the UFO that was in the lake, mm. in the Sound of Silence, uh, you made passing mention to the rocket launchers. And I said, oh, oh, well, you'll have to come back for an episode when we discuss that. So uh, here we are.
1: You were foreshadowing.
0: I was foreshadowing, mm. yes, yeah. And, um, and I like the fact that we've come back to UFO for this story because unlike yourself I think you said that the shadow mobiles are your favorite piece of UFO technology yes uh, for me it's everything that's on moon base I much prefer fair the moon enough. base stuff to the earth based stuff
1: fair I think it may be because also the, what we're looking at today doesn't really show up What two episodes is it mm. uh, and very very briefly so they're not something that kind of sticks in your mind as much probably as the stuff you see on earth because you see more of it Mm, other yeah. than the interceptors obviously the interceptors were, were iconic but i don't really have that much of a memory of the uh, things we're looking at today so do you
0: have a memory of the uh, you know that uh lovely red lunar carrier and lunar module do you remember that from when you not, first watched
1: the show not really no again it's 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 uh not the only thing that mm. i kind of sticks in my head was the moonmobile, mm. uh, only because it looked a bit Daft, but it was also in a craft book I had when I was a very young young man about utilizing ping pong balls, uh, and it, I didn't make the connection until quite recently. Actually, <laughs> actually, that was what they were emulating.
0: Because we said that on the UFO episode that it's actually that was a, a carryover from Captain Scarlet and mm. that 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 moonmobile in Captain Scarlet, actually hopped. That's why it's got That's a French right. leg affair, whereas yes. in UFO, they did just decided to have it, like, you know, just skim the surface of the moon. Yeah. Which,
1: which was a, a much better idea. All right.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we're ready to go. You're in your um, little blue rubber flight suit. I'm in my <laughs> silver jumpsuit. So uh, let's have a clip and uh, we'll get into it, okay?
1: UFOs retreating, giving
0: chase. It smells. Moonbase, tell your ground defenses to get nervous. Shadow control, three more UFOs approaching orbital reference. Three, one, eight. Decoys. Moonbase, instruct the interceptors to return immediately. Once we're um, doing a story where we don't have to fast forward all the way through a show or a film to find the special effects sequence because, um, in this case, it's right at the very beginning of the show after the opening credits, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's um, actually a really, really good opener, I think, for an episode.
0: Yeah, and this this story, um, which is The Cat With Ten Lives, I always remember as being one of the duffer stories yeah. and um, one of the sillier stories, but it... it Conversely, it also has one of the best special effects sequences of the entire show, which is why we're discussing it today.
1: Yeah, it is. It is Like you say, it's, it's a weirdly episode of two two parts. <laughs> With the, I think any time you introduce... Um, are we allowed spoilers for later? Yeah, let's do it. Think, let's do it. Um, yeah, okay. Psychic Cats <laughs> in, into a sci-fi show, Star Trek, I'm Looking at You, yeah um, you run the risk of a, of, a, of a relative duffer. But, like you say, on the flip side, it's actually really quite packed with some really good effect sequences.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I tend to remember the silliness with the cat mm. rather than the model work that's yeah. going on in this yeah, one. And absolutely. Yeah, of course, this, this story is late in the show's production. It's, it's when things started to alter and change, you know. And the central premise that we've got here which was actually written by the episode's director, it does something really radical because up until now on this show, you know, it's been established that the aliens are this dying, sterile race. Yes. And they're visiting Earth to capture humans to donate body parts as their own wear out, which we said, I think, last time, it seems that's an awful lot of effort to fly millions of miles (laughs) in a relatively small UFO. It's never established just how big these UFOs are, although there is one shot which i will put on facebook when this comes out of when uh, a ufo is chasing straker's car and Mm. it's not much longer than an actual car so it's more like a you know a gemini uh, capsule or something like that inside
1: yeah because there's another shot i think it's one of the episodes which is supposed to be inside the ufo isn't there?
0: That's right, yeah, but that, that, they're not that big. No, I, I mean, if you're coming millions of miles to, uh, you know, capture a human, you can only take back like one or two at a time.
1: Mm, yeah, it's it's not it's not the most efficient uh, supply chain.
0: Mm. But that's how it's been in the in the show up until this point. But now with this story, it seems you know that the the aliens are now completely human. Uh, every time they capture an alien. It's not a mismatch, you know, Frankenstein's monster of, of body parts. They're, they're all, all human. They seem to have had their minds wiped out and they're controlled by the aliens. Yes, um, yeah. Which ironically means they're behaving like puppets, which, <laughs> which is ironic seeing as this is the first non-puppet show that Jerry Anderson did.
1: And, and, and quite rightly, you use, use that analogy because what was the central premise of um, Captain Scarlet?
0: That's true. Yes, yes, he was being controlled, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and Captain Black is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I Still. mean. It's, you know,
1: it's, it's actually Captain Scarlet all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and in this in this story, it's also conjectured that the aliens may not have physical bodies at all, um, but use bodies to contain their consciousness, you mm. know, including the cat of this title. You know? Yeah, well, uh, yeah,
1: and again, that, that's that bit later on, which which amused me immensely, where um, Straker phones up the doctor and says, do you think it's feasible that they could do this? Oh, well, I'll have to do some research. No, yes or no. Well, kind of, kind of. It's like, <laughs> like he just wants his answer that's like, yes. That's right, because <laughs> we've right. only got three minutes left of the episode. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> come on, wrap it up, dog.
1: Yeah. Oh no, I need to do some extra research. No, no. Yeah. All
0: right, well, <laughs> just prior to our sequence starting, it's as I say, it's the very beginning of the show, mm. and um, you've got this nice shot of Moon Base. You go inside Moon Base, and the Moon Base operatives there—they're just staring at screens. They're not doing anything at all. They're not talking. They're just no. staring. You know. Which is a bit odd. I mean, is that what they do for hours on end until they get a contact?
1: Yeah, <laughs> They must be really good at a party.
0: Yeah, it's Nina, isn't it? The the um, the lady there, and yeah, she's just staring at the screen. that radar. You know, the World War Two radar thing that's just going round and round and round. Yes. And uh, and they yeah they get a contact. Three UFOs are approaching Moonbase, and. Yeah. Immediately, we see something we've never seen before, which is these mobile rocket launchers. Yes. Which we love ground, so much.
1: Yes. Ground um, defences.
0: Ground defences, yes. Yeah. Um, I, think I think they're shown one more time on the show's history yes. uh, before they've um, forgotten about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, these terrific slab-like tanks uh, yeah. with nifty laun- uh, rocket launchers up on the top.
1: Yeah, I actually, you know... Like, as I said, I don't really recall these, very or well. I had a very sort of vague recollection of them being quite basic and boxy. But actually, the detail on these things, they're really nice. They are very <laughs> I nice. I quite like them.
0: And I like the colour scheme. I like the colour scheme of them being sort of like a, you can't tell, it's either a silver or a white, but with a gold nose yeah. to them.
1: Yeah, but that, that took me three, three viewings to actually spot that. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, because there's, there's one scene which is a little bit close up, isn't there, which we'll probably talk about in a sec, but uh, yeah, where that actually like, shows, and it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. It that yeah. makes, makes sense. Yeah, and they're
0: a lovely design, and I think very much inspiring Moonbase Alpha's tanks yeah. that, that were to come trundling along like five years later. Um, I'm, I'm sure Martin Bauer took inspiration for, from these to make his three that he did for Space
1: 1999. You'd imagine so, and also, I just think it's probably because they just recycle the same sort of basic uh, elements, don't they?
0: Oh, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh-huh, we'll I knew we shortly. would. Yes. So, yeah, there they are. Um, they're being scrambled, even though we've never ever seen these being scrambled whenever UFOs approach. And, oh. uh, yeah, and uh, the UFO interceptors launch too. This is the point where you go out and you run into your garden and go down your slide. Yeah. Um, Chasing them off. We said before, didn't we, when we did the uh, episode before? Jerry Anderson shows seem to have an awful lot of uh, pilots getting into ships by going down slides, and I'm sure it's yes, because, was done deliberately yes. so children can copy it.
1: I know. I, I just think it's because he knew that's what kids like to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I I love the way they always do it in unison. The three guys they're in their ready room. They put their uh, helmets on, yep. and all three of them stand at the uh, the rail, yep. and, and in unison, yep. they <laughs> jump up and slide in, don't they?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's true. They sort of wait for each other.
0: <laughs> they do. I, w- I want to see a behind-the-scenes bit of footage because I'm not, I don't know how far down that chute goes, but you know, just out of shot, they're, they're, there's a mattress there for them or something, isn't there?
1: I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I, what, what what I would like to see I know it's a bit bit sad to me but I'd like to know how that connects to the launch base because how, how far away those launch bays are from moon base
0: we said this when we were talking about skydiver yes. as well weren't we about right, how does yeah. the captain actually get into sky one yes mm. I mean they, these pilots they go down chutes yes. now when you look at an exterior of moon base everything is one level
1: isn't yes it? And, and and raised
0: yes now that kind of makes sense because you know the silos for the interceptors are underground aren't they mm-hmm. but they are some distance away yeah. from moon base so I don't know do they go down then they go horizontal and then up a bit then down a bit I don't know
1: yeah it, again it's one of these things where they they're they're there ready to scramble you know, sc- you know. <coughs> you've got to be on you've got to be on watch every every second or whatever uh, but how long does it actually take to get from where they're where they are?
0: I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is like a science fiction equivalent of uh, you know Spitfire pilots, you know, yes. sat in a deck chair by their machine, ready to scramble. Is, is yeah. this is de- deliberately or completely you know uh, in that? But yeah, how long does that journey take if the, if the launch uh, silos are some distance away? Maybe they're fired pneumatically, you know, up. A <laughs>
1: You know? <laughs> that's that's why they always have that here surprise yeah like that those place.
0: old postal <laughs> system things that you got you know in department yeah. stores where they fired them you know pneumatically
1: uh, well, actually, perhaps that explains why they just look so dazed <laughs> in the next bit,
0: and why they're rotten shops as well. Yeah, they're all yeah. dizzy from it all. Yes. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. well, again, you know, they get to the next bit. They're just all looking blankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of, of
0: them's Stephen Burkoff. that explains the blankly bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, love their silos. That, that that's a yeah. terrific bit of model making. You know, with the UFOs in their silos and the way they rise up like that,
1: and um, yeah. It's a great idea because obviously it's meant to be camouflaged because they're a secret organisation, um, but they don't do a very good job camouflaging moonbase.
0: No, with their num- huge, great numbers on the yeah. on the things and everything. Yeah. But,
1: but like you say, from from a from an effects and model making point of view, that whole idea of the secret bunker again harking back to sort of Thunderbirds yep. and stuff from uh, Captain Scarlet and everything, where everything was sort of like hidden away until it was revealed. Oh, that was a staple
0: of Jerry Anderson's oh, yes. show's technology that's hidden away, yes, yes. And, of course, you know, again, five years yeah. later in Space 1999, the Eagles, on their launch pads, they come up from underground yeah, as well, don't they? Oh, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's all, yeah, it's all interconnected. And, of course, you know, Space 1999 was meant to have effectively been the next season yes, of right. UFO, and, um, and things were just, like, carried across. So yeah, so yeah, they take off. The UFOs take off. Now we, oh, sorry, the uh, interceptors take off to chase these three UFOs. Yeah. Um, I always find it quite funny that there's always three interceptors and there's always three UFOs, so yes. it's always one on one. And we have mentioned before on the but last show as well. That,
1: yes. Go on. I was just, I was just thinking that there are only one, one shot ships. <laughs> This, uh,
0: I was just about to say, that's exactly what yeah. we mentioned before. They yes. they all have one whacking great big missile, um, and their range isn't that far. So no. if, if the UFOs come in from a different angle, they can't get to them in time before they reach Earth. So that's yeah. not very good. They've only got one missile. You would think that would be all right if it was a whacking great big explosion, which covered yes. a large area of space. <clears throat> But it's not because we see what they do, and they just like yes. conventional explosives aren't they yes,
1: yeah, some near miss, some damage, ne- yeah. never mind it was, it was just only a nuclear warhead
0: <laughs> I don't ever remember seeing do they no, they don't even have machine guns or anything do they that's the only oh. weapon an inceptor has
1: yeah because they you you see them on the on the actual model because they've got the the three um, sort of very spitfirey. Oh, on that black metal. panel that's just yeah. in front of the cockpit. Yeah, yeah, the three little sort of gun ports, and I think there's a couple of others elsewhere. But they, I so say, I, I'm sure I've seen them in use, but I might be imagining it. <laughs> you know, making it up in my head. Mm. But you'd think they'd they'd have you know racks of missiles or something. You'd think
0: they on. would have more than three interceptors as well you know because there is mention in in another story about you know uh straker wants more funding to build like two or three more moon bases so we know this is the only moon base there is which only has three launch silos which each contain one interceptor presumably just like in space 1999 there is an underground factory where interceptors are being made. You <laughs> that, never that see Alan, it.
1: that Alan Carter is banned from, yes.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, the amount of times they they blew up in space nineteen ninety nine, they had to show <laughs> a, a, you know, construction place. But we never see anything yeah. like that in UFO. But yeah. uh I guess it was simpler times then. You weren't supposed to think about it like we're thinking about it.
1: Well that's it, you know, I mean when 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 you look at these at the time it came out and the and the age, you know, I wasn't in, you were, you know, it was, it was a great
0: toy. It was a great <laughs> toy and it was great production. This model work and the filming of it, it's all on film. You know, it's yeah. Derek Meddings and co. You know, it looks terrific. And, and if you think about what else was on TV science fiction-wise mm. in 1970, I mean, we had just come out of the Patrick Troughton uh, Doctor yeah. Who and just about to go into John Pertwee. So you have the BBC special effects compared to the Gerry Anderson effects and there was no comparison you know that's not, I'm not running down BBC special effects yeah. at all, they did brilliant work with very very little money Gerry Anderson, Century 21 and Derek Meddings and all that, they had money and boy does yeah. it show
1: yeah I mean you can't dismiss the fact that it's it's actually a, an elegant design for, for a fighter and but it's it's definitely one that's grounded in being a Moonbase
0: it wouldn't fly through the it's, atmosphere, it's, no, would it?
1: No, but it's not meant to, and that's that actually comes across.
0: Yeah, but you could say that about the eagle. The eagle should just burn <laughs> up every time it goes into an atmosphere,
1: but it seems to fly yeah. all right. Yeah, well, that's... that's, um, uh, that's <laughs> Well, you say that. <laughs> how many, like you said, just a second ago, how many do they get through? There you go, yeah. yeah. All
0: right, okay, so yeah, they, yes. they launch. They go after the UFOs, um, and... Um, <coughs> excuse me. I've lost my place. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah, they they chase them off, but that's when Straker down on Earth realizes that it's a decoy because as the UFO, uh the interceptors are off chasing those UFOs, three more come in, don't they, from a different
1: angle? Yes, which which again just goes to highlight what you've just mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> They're going to do that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are there I mean, three it rocket me launchers? Why they just
0: is it three rocket launchers? Yes. Yeah. It is, isn't it? I don't know. Down on the moon base, is there three? I think you definitely see two in establishing shots. There might have been a third. It might be three well, on three again.
1: What well, the tanks? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know. Have you got it there point. on on on?
1: Because you see, hang on. This is riveting podcasting, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I do apologise. Clicking a mouse. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Want to sing a song as you do it, or something?
1: I'm just clicking a mouse, (laughs) looking at the clips and the video. Uh, Right. Okay. Well, actually, I only see one at a time.
0: Yeah, but is it meant to be only the one? Different,
1: different angles.
0: Because one blows up shortly, but uh, there's another one still going. So there's more than one.
1: Yeah. But why haven't they got missile defences on Moonbase? moon base?
0: Because they haven't got the money. That's why Strikers uh, after more money.
1: But they've got nice shiny tanks now.
0: Yeah, with their gold trim and everything, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, they go faster, Strikers.
0: Yes. Now. And this is when they, um, they open fire, you know, right. um, yeah. they open fire and it, it's very Space 1999, this bit here. You know, all those explosions on the moon's surface, these incredibly violent explosions, very fast explosions, all around moon base as well. You know, they're, they're terrific stuff.
1: Yeah, all the way around it.
0: Yes, i never like, on it.
1: No, yeah. it's like, there's three of you, yeah. you know, you're right on top of it, Yeah, it it's actually is an X. <laughs> you know, that's a good point, <laughs> actually. a target. From
0: space it would look like an X, wouldn't
1: it? Yes, <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about just, that, yes. It's like, shoot here. Yeah, so so they obviously went to the same training school as stormtroopers. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, it couldn't be more blatant. Apart from it being like a dartboard, (laughs) you know, shape sort of thing. You know, oh, blimey.
1: Um, Yeah, let's. He has to fly millions of miles and shoot around the base. Yes, but next,
0: next. I mean, this is the reason I wanted uh, to do this. On effectively speaking, is this totally and utterly brilliant shot? You've got the rocket launcher in the foreground firing. At the UFO, which is in the background, which Mm. is coming towards it. um, And it's all done in camera. There's no compositing at all or anything. That is a camera very low down on this tabletop miniature set of the moon. You've got the rocket launcher in the foreground, right up close to the camera. You've got a UFO in the background, flown on wires, coming towards it, you know, and explosions going off and everything. And it looks absolutely brilliant
1: yeah yeah but, but you say that you know for, I'm just I'm just literally watching it now and it's just like, yeah, look at that, I mean that shot um the the timestamp I've got for this is is four minutes twenty seven seconds so if if people are watching the same the same video, that's the bit. Is it? That's that's the money shot. That's it the is the map. money
0: shot. And again, what we said on uh, the episode where we discussed this show before, the sound effects as well play mm. an awful part on this as well. You know, um, you have the rumble of the tanks when they you first see them going across the moon's surface, uh, and now you've got all the uh, the UFO firing effects and the rocket launcher uh, firing sound effects as well. Just brilliant! This bit. Yeah. Uh,
1: and and again, it's a really great shot of that tank. It is. And it's like, why haven't they used these in other bits? Because it's a really nice-looking vehicle.
0: It is beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful, beautiful shot, you know. And, and, and it holds up. Even today, it holds up. Even, you know, on. I've got it on Blu-ray. It's on my big TV. And uh, it, it's almost flawless. You can't see the wires of the UFO. It's not no. wobbling, which the UFOs were prone to do sometimes. I mean, the only optical effects you've got in it are the the lasers being matted on and that's it everything was done in camera in real time brilliant work
1: but also uh, again <clears throat> I'm just sort of like watching it in the background there there's the bit that the so the bottom right hand missile launcher mm. that flares up and then you have the explosion from the from the thing so the timing the connection between looking like that thing's firing and the explosion <laughs> From the result of its rocket going off, it's slightly it, off. No, it it's just grounded. Oh, that's it. what you're saying. It you is. It, rather than it, yeah, it, it works really well as as an effect sequence. Oh, nice! No, because
0: it's brilliant. Yeah,
1: so it's a second later the explosion goes off.
0: <laughs> because of course, also thinking about it, um, how many dummy takes would they have done of this? Was this is this like we've got to take it? We got to do it first time. Um, we can't afford to blow up you know the ufo by mistake or what yeah. you know i mean again these are real explosives going off everywhere as well
1: yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm, that's, uh, I don't know. that's cracking.
0: but yeah as you say that's the beauty shot um after that you've got more destruction and that's when one of the tanks does get blown up and if you look carefully at it you can actually see yes. the origins of this tank because like the top half Smashes and falls away, and you for a brief second you can see the toy tank origins for the tracks and everything. Yeah, you can see the bottom of it is the toy tank that it's based on.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So still, still a cracking explosion. Though. Yes, like a very, a very, a very Anderson explosion. That that's
0: what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a hallmark of uh, Derek Meddings and Co, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, they yeah. Uh, yeah, they look brilliant. But that's the sequence over because after that, that's when we get back up to the uh, pilots in their interceptors and we start getting the guy being influenced by the yep. UFO and everything. And uh, then it goes off into silliness involving cats <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our sequence. So uh, quite a short <laughs> sequence. How how long was it in total? About four minutes from start to finish?
1: Yeah, some. Uh, it finishes around 4.38, but that right. includes the title sequence. And that includes so. the title
0: sequence, yeah. So, yeah, quite a short sequence. All right. No, but All right, a, pa- so,
1: a packed one, an exciting one.
0: It is exciting, yeah. And, um, yeah, there are a few more effects bits in this story, but uh, it, nothing to top what we've just watched there. Yeah. All right, now, behind the scenes then. Um, as we've said before, you know, Derek Meddings and his uh, 21st Century... No, Century 21 effects group, they really were one of the first people to do but they were pioneers of going down to the shops and buying up toys and household items, repurposing them, and then dressing them with, well then, inexpensive plastic kit parts. Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. And as I say, I mean, other people had done it before. Um, You know, the BBC were doing it before as well, Um, but not to this degree and not with as much finesse, I don't think. I mean, they, they, they... absolutely could take anything and convert it and the skill and the expertise that they did it I mean it's a different Jerry Anderson show but you know Captain Scarlet Thunderbirds you see these beautiful yeah. sets with these craft but the small vehicles that you see everywhere you know dot in the streets they, they, they're matchbox toys and they were matchbox toy cars that were just repainted but they look terrific yeah yeah I mean, sometimes, yeah, in the Jerry Anderson shows, and I think, yeah, one next year that we're going to be talking about, which is the very first uh, Captain Scarlet story, when you see the on city on Mars, it's very obvious mm. that some of those buildings are actually colanders uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that have been turned upside down and painted, and you've got yeah. the infamous. Uh, uh, lemon juicer, haven't you? In Thunderbird yeah. 1's launch bay. You know? That's right, I was just
1: about to mention that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, but no, terrific. Go out, go down to Woolworths, get something, um, cut it up, turn it around. An old lampshade could be anything, you know, stick some kit parts on it. You've got a new craft, you've got another, another vehicle, and of course, that way of model making is what, as I say, they were pioneers on. You know, the next generation came along, Martin Bauer doing exactly the same thing on Space 1999, which he then went on to do on Alien. Then you've got the ILM boys, who I am sure were influenced by, you know, what Derek Meddings was doing, because they did exactly the same things when they started up ILM for Star Wars Close Encounters
1: and what have you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that idea of detail with realistic, realistic detail. Well, because you and I I'm... still do it, don't we? You yeah, and I, when yeah. we make something,
0: we're still looking, you know, in the pound shops looking for a globe <laughs> that wins stick bits on. The only problem with it, of course, is that, you know, model kits aren't cheap anymore. Um, and if you want an old one because you need a certain no. piece to stick on your, you know, recreation of something, they are massively expensive, the old vintage
1: kits. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole subculture now, isn't there, of, of those studio-scale modelers mm. Who, who spend thousands and thousands of pounds so that on a kit like a Ferrari I believe or a Porsche I think there's a Porsche knocking around where there was a was like a couple of parts on one sprue that mm. was used on slave one yeah or, or use uh so somewhere on the on the Falcon, so they spent thousands of pounds on this model kit, and for one for one piece. Well, I've seen a lot. What a lot scary. of people do
0: now, when you need repetitive use, is they they take silicon molds now, and they'll just cast them. You know, I mean the escape pod in um, uh, no, not the escape pod. The the probe droids launch vehicle mm-hmm. at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. That was like six of those eight wheeled armored cars by Tamiya, German armored cars from World War Two. And you would have to buy six kits to do that, you know, and that's just prohibitive. So a lot of people, yeah, they'll buy one now and, you know, uh, you can cast things very smoothly and crisply now and that's what a lot of yeah. people do now.
1: Yeah, and th- once 3D printing gets to that detail level without it being such a pain to clean up, yeah, you know, that's going to make that even, even easier to do. One thing I did notice, I'm, I'm just looking at, a shot at 4 minutes 23 seconds, which is a nice close-up shot of, of one of the tanks there. Do you know what it reminds me of? Go on. Terrahawks.
0: I, when I was saying about the Moonbase Alpha ones, I was thinking, yeah, mention Terrahawks. Yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the slab tanks on Terrahawks. Yeah. Yes. No, it is very much like that, isn't
1: it? Yeah. yeah. which is, But I think this looks nicer. <laughs> I don't know why.
0: Oh... I've got a problem with Terrorhawks. I've never liked terrorhawks at all. Mm. No. All right. So, yes. yeah. Tina Turner villain. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I oh like yes. yes that. Forgotten about um, that. Yeah, Zelda, wasn't it? Yeah. So,
1: I have a question. Go on. Because I am a curious fellow. Were these manned or unmanned vehicles?
0: You know, that thought has never occurred to me. I'm guessing they are. You didn't have robot-driven things. I mean, you had Sid didn't you who was like yeah he was an orbiting computer i I'm, I'm i'm guessing they were manned but i guess what makes you don't think that there's no windows on these tanks are there but there
1: is there's, there's one right at the front
0: no i think that's a grill because you know i um last year i thought i'd have a go at making my own version of that and so i was researching and and, and looking at photos i thought that was just a grill i don't think it's actually a window because it it can't be a window because you're looking straight ahead you're not looking no, up. Well this is
1: what I was thinking. I mean I'm looking at like say this, this shot now and I'm sure I can see a little glimmer of glass. Oh really? Set set back because it's quite an inset and then there's like something... but you know I, I I'm quite happy to be mistaken. No
0: that works though. I it mean... just it
1: just seems weird though like you say because it's a rocket launcher that's, that's stepping up unless it's potentially something like um what was the, what's the one in Captain Scarlet that they drove backwards
0: oh the SPV yeah yeah no 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 that does work if that is a window for just driving the the tank and then the actual aiming part of it mm. is all via radar or, or video camera no that works yeah in which case those people have been uh trounced haven't they
1: yeah Although I did, I have read somewhere that someone said, oh, that they're unmanned," but it's not, I don't think, like you say, it's not confirmed or denied. No, or you don't see anything like that in UFO anywhere.
0: at all, do you? No. no, no, I think they're manned. Yeah. Mm.
1: All
0: right. Well, as usual uh, on Century Twenty One, um, Derek Medins came up with an awful lot of designs uh, in conjunction with Mike Trim, the, mm-hmm. the designer Mike Trim. That uh, they would come up with a design together, and it's usually. Derek medins would come up with an initial sketch and then Mike Trim would refine it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, a, a big example being the interceptors that we've got in this sequence. If you look at uh, Derek medin's original sketch, it's very real-world um, uh, space technology with a whacking great big missile on it. It's, it's Mike yeah. that um, put in the lovely curvy shapes to it, wasn't it?
1: That's right. I mean, he'd gone, I think the original one was, was more sort of Apollo looking. It was. Um, it, was. It, it was almost like having the beak of an eagle. Yeah. I'll <laughs> put it on Facebook. With, with the big missile on the front. I'll put it on Facebook
0: yeah. because it, 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 it's, yeah, it, it's a curious design, but I know I prefer hmm. you know what we finally saw. Um, it might That actually might be a modelling challenge, actually, to make the original version of the Interceptor.
1: You crack on
0: uh, no, I've no I've got my product Enterprise <laughs> Interceptor. I'll I'll just stick with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen anywhere any mention of just who designed the rocket launchers. I'm presuming it's no. is Mike Trim in association with Derek Meddings. Um Moon Base itself though was totally Mike Trim. Uh it was Mike Trim who came up with that idea. And uh the reason he actually made it um looked like that. He had the idea that in the future, if you're going to have prefabricated pressurized buildings on the moon, they'd probably be spherical, right? Mm. So that was his first idea. And then, because he's a brilliant designer, he's always looking about how can you make it look more visually interesting. Um, To make it look more appealing, he took inspiration from apparently back then in the late 60s. He says there were lots of cardboard kits that were out at the time. That were made up from pentagons and other geometric shapes. So that's why you had the uh, the dome buildings being made up of shapes
1: like they are. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, it makes sense because you know the sphere is I don't know a stable pressurised container or something. Yeah
0: yeah with whacking great big know. windows, which
1: you know. oh yeah i had doors yeah
0: <laughs> he hasn't got opening windows like on Moonbase alpha, though thankfully, we never see that yeah. <laughs> cracking open yeah um whoever did it's design stuffy. it, whoever came up with the uh with the rocket launchers um the construction was passed on to the special effects team, and um a primary and notable name on of them being Alan shoebrook, who right. was uh, one of the main model makers, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was uh, Alan who actually made it. Um, There are other people on UFO at the time. Peter Ragg was one, Tony Harding, Bill Camp, Alan Berry, David Wright, and Warwick Embry. But yeah, Alan Shoebrook... Um, produced a hardback book, which I really do recommend. It's an excellent book. I don't know if it's still in print or still available, but it's a terrific book, all about his time working on Century 21. And he started um, on Thunderbirds and worked all the way up to UFO. Um, And that's, of course, when they shut the uh, effects workshop. Um, But he says that when uh, production began on UFO. Uh, the model unit had much more space than they used to because, of course, all the puppet team had gone. All the puppeteers had gone, all the puppeteer workshops Mm. for creating all the puppets had gone. And with all that out the way, at that time, that was the world's largest miniature effects studio when they were doing UFO.
1: Doesn't surprise me.
0: No, no. So, yeah, construction of the rocket launchers is, is relatively unknown, apart from the fact that... Uh, they were doing what they did on all the Jerry Anderson shows is that they used toy tank uh, uh, chassis for the basis. Yeah. They would strip everything top. off the top because, yeah, these toy tanks, uh, you know, they were very robust because they were built to be played with by children, not a model airfix kit, you know, which wasn't meant to be, you know, trundled along on a wire yeah. or anything like that. They, that. they were this dense, hard plastic. They had very good... Uh, 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 tread systems, track systems for the wheels, and they—they—they look the business. So it was just a case of buying up a load of those, take off the top of the tank, and build over the top. And in this case, this slab-like design—it's—it's it's relatively simple design, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, the Tiger Joe. Is type it's
0: Joe, the, uh, yes, yeah, the, the types, that's
1: yeah. the one. But again, rare as hen's teeth.
0: Yeah, it, because types. everybody like us <laughs> is looking to, yeah. to buy them. I'm so glad that you know yeah. Airfix. But, but have, yeah, I. I was going to say, I, I'm so glad that Airfix have re-released so many of their kits, and they are still available. But the the days where you could buy them out of pocket money. Are long gone because it's great Woolies. yeah it's great that you can you know if you want to do like a martin bauer recreation of something he did on space 1999 that used say the hawker harrier the 124th hawker harrier yeah. you can go out and buy it but they're like you know 70 80 pounds now yeah you know there's a spaceship i want to recreate from blake 7 that used four airfix saturn 5
1: kits oh, and, oh, and, good luck
0: yeah but they're like 30 pounds <laughs> each yeah. You know, I can't justify that. And they're not exactly the
1: same, are they? No,
0: no. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, th- yeah, this, uh, this to- toy tank, yeah, rarer than hen's teeth. Um, and most people that are buying them are throwing away the box. <laughs> you know, and yes. thrown away most of the toy because all they want yeah. is the trip, The
1: chassis. You know? yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Anything stupid. I mean, you've got to think how big these things were, these yeah. models as well. Um, but then, of course, in your head you're thinking, okay, well, actually, this was the size that the shadow mobiles were, yeah, um, as as well. So it's quite interesting that these feel bigger than the shadow mobiles. I think in this, but sequence, I think that's down to what you've just said about being being a low. Yeah,
0: the camera yeah. is really down low. You you never see yeah. a top shot. You you never the no. camera's never looking really down on the rocket launchers, and this has caused a bit of a problem for I know people. Have looked to recreate these because, as I say, uh, a year or two ago, I I was looking into it, but I gave up because there is so little information on just what yes. kit parts were used So I just went my own way and I did my own riff on it. But uh, uh, a, an easily spotted piece, you know, when you look at the rocket launcher, it's got twin rocket launchers, hasn't it? You know, yes. and there's a brace in the middle that that's spacing them. Um, uh, and holding them apart. That is from the yeah. Honest John kit, the one fortieth right. Honest John kit, which is incredibly rare now. You know, <laughs> you just don't get because that.
1: they used them all on these shows.
0: That's exactly what they did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you know, Derek Meddings did go to Airfix and uh, and and just buy up, um, you know, at discount all these model kits. You know,
1: yeah. Do Do you know? What I was just saying before about this potential window at the front. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at four minutes five seconds, which it's a different front to the tank. So there, so it there must, must be, be more than one then. Yeah, it's it's a more simplified one than the one before.
0: See, I I don't dare open up another window on on this laptop. <laughs> I I haven't said, but this is the inaugural uh, recording with my Yay. my laptop, and um, I I don't dare open up YouTube and try. You know, running that at the same time for fear of what it might do to this recording. But what I'll do is afterwards, I'll I'll get some screen grabs and do a compare and contrast and just see how many there are.
1: Yeah, because also on this one foot, that's four minutes five seconds in, I kind of recognise two of the side parts from other uh, Anderson stuff. Right. So it just looks just looks very familiar, like off the side of the mole. which doesn't surprise you. what what was it like a, f- a fuel tank um what are you talking about those square
0: kit? things that are on the front of thunderbird 2's pods and things like that that they used everywhere yeah like pump and
1: and pump. And, and, on the, and on the side of the mole chassis right
0: oh um, i know what you're talking it's about like, it's
1: like yeah it's like a missile yes, yes, or it's of like a miss- fuel missile high yeah, or something yeah, isn't it yeah, yes yeah
0: yeah yeah cuz it's not like you know i mean there were there were clearly three different uh, lunar tanks in space 1999 because Martin Bauer made three and made them yes. all distinctive. One looked like an eagle, one had a bubble, yeah. didn't it? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I've got some resin kits of those, actually. Mm, mm. And they, they are nice kits, although...
0: To my to, to my knowledge, nobody's ever produced a, a garage kit of these uh, rocket launcher mm. tanks. And... Uh, yeah, it's a real shame. I mean, you know, product enterprise. You know, ten years ago or more, you know, when you could go into your local model shop and you can get your, your you know, your interceptor and your UFO and your eagles and stuff like that. But it's a shame they didn't keep going and and produce all the technology from UFO. That would have been really nice.
1: Because because there isn't a huge amount. There's not like a massive range like, like you do like the, like the recent thing. Um, with that, uh, build your own Thunderbird mm. two, where actually you don't realise how many different pod vehicles there actually were, indeed, until someone has the, has them all in front of you. From a from a sort of a tech tech point of view, on the, particularly on moon base, there isn't a huge amount. Of no, it. no, is it a, di- a different? Well, thing? you've got
0: these rocket launchers, you've got the interceptors, and you've got the lunar carrier, lunar module, and then that mobile thing. I think that's yeah. it that and the moon base itself i think that's that that's about all you've got technology wise that belongs yeah. to shadow on the moon i know there's there's other moon bases on the moon you know these science research places but uh, that's all you've got in that's the way of shadow true. things yeah. yeah all right okay well that's cool. that that's that i mean we we've, we've discussed in the last one how the uh, ufo's flew which to me is still genius you know that uh, uh the top half is clear and doesn't rotate. The bottom half is does rotate, and it's got you yeah. know reflective foil on it, so it looks like the whole thing is uh, turning. It's only six wires holding that up, and uh, yeah, um, I, I still think that's genius that you could actually have a spinning, you know, <laughs> UFO like that. With all our talking done there, Mark. Yeah. Uh, you know what happens. Um, you.
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: And it is just the sequence. Forget the. Forget the cat and all the silliness as an effect sequence. What do you think?
1: I'm liking it, and it's not one that I remember um, from the first time it was on, uh, but I have now watched it uh, 16 times (laughs) (laughs) in in a period of of, of, uh, particularly today. I watched quite a few, quite a few times. I actually really liked it as a sequence, it was very exciting. Like you say, it was it was it was a good example of um, the Anderson explosion, uh, the best with some relatively you know, relatively unique and well made um, sort of model work in there. So I'm 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 going. I'm going to go for for an eight myself. Snap!
0: That's exactly what I've got. Yeah, no, it's terrific stuff. Cool. It 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 still holds up now. When you think that this is a TV show from 1970 you know yes exactly you could put this <laughs> you could slice slice this out and put it into a star wars film you know you could have this being you, you
1: could if you wanted everyone to to not watch it <laughs> um, an
0: old star wars film
1: <laughs> oh right okay yeah yeah no yes absolutely i mean yeah because there are that echoes of of uh, of that going on yeah
0: you there? can see this yeah 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 i Aliens, you look at Aliens, you know, um, the, the drop ship landing and stuff like that. Any exp- yeah, yeah, the explosions in Aliens, all very Derek Meddings-like, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and that's a film that doesn't really hold up to, to Blu-ray. No,
0: really. no, no, you can see the... Um, that's exactly what I'm saying. You can see the flaws in that. But here we are, 1970, yeah. for a TV show... Yeah. And it's Derek Meddings and co, you know, they were at the top of their game. They started off, you know, yeah. uh, Fireball XL5, going through the puppet shows. Each time the show would change, you know, the, not only did the puppets become more refined, but their their techniques, their filming techniques, their experience and knowledge grew and grew and grew. And each time you had a new Anderson show, you know, the, the, the bar for the model work and the effects work was raised higher and higher, and here we are at UFO. And yeah, top of their game stuff, fantastic work!
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, well, that's us done then, uh, Mark. Cool, uh, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no we've no been worries. talking good stuff, um, um, the last times we've been talking. I, I'm thinking next time we <coughs> talk, I'm gonna have to, you know, find a duffer one for you.
1: Fine, fine, by bye bye.
0: All right, well. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody out there.
1: No, thank you very much.
0: I will thank the laptop when I know that this is actually uh, recorded okay as well. All right? Cool. All right. Okay, Mark. Speak to you soon. No.
1: No worries. Speak to you later.
0: Bye bye.